You're listening to Wordslinger Podcast, episode 110, Indie Outlaw Publishing with Michael Anderley. This episode of the Wordslinger Podcast is brought to you by draft to digital Convert your manuscript, distribute it online, and get support the whole way at DraftToDigital.com. It's the Wordslinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Word Slinger. Hey, everybody, this is Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Thanks so much for tuning in again. Uh, I. I have been teasing something uh, to you for the past <laughs> past few weeks. But uh, first of all, for, let me let me just say, uh, and this is connected. I apologize that there were no episodes over the past two weeks. You're going to find out why in just a second. Um, here's what's going on. Anyone who's listened to this show for any length of time, if you've heard my interviews on other podcasts, uh, if you've followed me on Facebook, uh, if you're connected to me in any way, you know that my wife and I have an RV. And that we've been traveling. Uh, we've been living in the RV full time. We've been traveling. So here's what's happened. <clears throat> Some things have changed with my wife, my wife's uh, job situation. And uh, they're very positive changes. Um, lots of new opportunities for her. Uh, but what we've decided is uh, we are going to home base. And here's what I mean by that. We have been traveling. Uh, but we kept finding ourselves basically yanked back to the Houston, Texas area. And uh, because this is where her uh, work is, is located, um, and though she travels quite a bit for work, and we were sort of able to, to you know, kind of take advantage of the RV situation in that, um, we were finding ourselves having to race back to Houston in, over the period of like two days. And I don't know if you've made the drive uh from from texas to anywhere <laughs> but it's a long drive and it's very taxing uh very tiring and so what we here's what we had decided uh if we were going to have to be tethered to houston anyway we might as well uh get a, a get a place here and uh that would give us a little more room to spread out when we're here and then we can we still have the rv so we can hop in the rv and travel anytime we like um and we will. And the advantage, though, is that if we are remote, then uh, my wife can fly back and do what she has to do here in the Houston area and then fly back and uh, meet me up or I drive the RV back or, you know, whatever. But I can take my time uh, since, you know, I don't have to be anywhere in any particular hurry. Uh, I can take my time getting back. She can meet up with me elsewhere in the country. It's you know, it actually adds some flexibility to our, our plan. So <clears throat> the, the general plan has not changed. We, we got the RV so that we could travel more uh, while I write, while I publish. Um, it's just that, you know, she likes her job. <laughs> She's getting some opportunities there. So, so there you go. We still have a somewhat nomadic lifestyle. Uh, if worse came to worse, we could always hop back in the RV, uh, you know, if things went south with our new place. But, uh, I don't foresee that happening, and I think uh, I think we're actually gonna I think we're gonna get a lot out of this. So, and our dog is happier. <laughs> Minnie is uh, much happier with all this room to roam. She just she actually loves it. And the place we picked. Now here's the really cool part. We um, 
we have a bucket list, just like most couples. Uh, there were one of the things that we always wanted to do was live in one of these town centers. <clears throat> now I don't know about the area you live in, um, but at least here, and I've seen these in Colorado as well. Um, so there are these this new movement. Uh, rather than build like a mall, um, instead the community will build a a town center, and it'll be. Uh, you know, streets with shops lining them, and uh, you can have apartment homes or, or even homes to purchase um, ab- above street level. So um, that's what we we've talked about that for for years. Uh, you know, it's kind of like living in Manhattan, for example, only on a much smaller scale. Um, and there's more of a sort of, sort of small town feel to the town center. Uh, modern, it's all modern, but it's it's you know more of a community feel to us and we've always kind of uh liked that idea uh the uh there was a town center in sugarland when we lived in sugarland we we talked about that <clears throat> and uh we found one in Pearland, which is in brazoria county where i grew up um that's where we decided we would spend our time i mean it's it's actually very cool so we got a place here we didn't get one we got one kind of on the opposite side so we're not overlooking the actual town center uh i can see it i can i can uh from my office window here i can actually see some of the shops and everything but uh, for the most part we're kind of on the opposite side so we we get a little bit more privacy it's a little quieter but in two minutes i can walk downstairs and be in uh the town center proper so that, that was a bucket list thing for us. So we decided, well, okay, if we're going to home base, um, let's do it the way we always wanted to do it. You know, we've got the RV. We've, we found a, a place to store that uh, when, when it's not in use, and it's, it's close by. <clears throat> and um, we have the town center here that we – I could literally walk down to Barnes & Noble. It takes me five minutes <laughs> to walk to Barnes & Noble, a very dangerous prospect indeed. Um, and there are tons of restaurants and shops, and uh, we're going to be fat and broke, is, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe. But we have a very happy dog. So, um, that's the big announcement. I, and I, you know, I, I've, I announced this on Facebook um, as well, so a lot of people already know about this. And uh, it was just, you know, the reaction's been really interesting. I, I, people are so supportive no matter what you what you decide to do there was a part of me that was like you know I've been pushing this whole RV lifestyle thing for a while and people are going to be really disappointed and you know people may even say things um, mean things or something but no everybody's been very supportive so thank you for that uh, you're all very wonderful people and I appreciate it okay real quick I, and I'm inserting this you can tell by the fact that the uh, background noise disappeared sorry about that <laughs> but uh i i wanted to jump in uh before we get to this great interview with michael um i wanted to thank a few folks publicly uh i've had a couple of new people drop uh, jump in on the patreon campaign and uh, i'd like to thank diana tyler who made a, a, a monthly pledge. I'd like to take, thank Lorna Faith. Uh, both of you are wonderful people. Thank you for supporting me financially in this. Uh, that, that does mean a lot. And I'm, I am honored by the fact that you consider the show and its content worthy enough for a, an ongoing uh, contribution. So thank you so much for that. Uh, I also got a couple of podcast reviews uh, that I will read off right now. Um uh, give me a second. Okay, so uh, here we go. This one is from um, M. Sc- 
<laughs> okay, sorry. M School Beans from Canada. Okay. Uh, I highly recommend the Wordslinger podcast. This is a much needed resource for all creatives. And there's a little smiley emoji there. Uh, the review goes on to say, I love Kevin's authentic way he has in the interviews with best-selling authors and other creatives, as well as, as the much needed inspiration and generosity he gives to listeners. I highly recommend the Wordslinger podcast. It's a much needed resource for creatives. Um, thank you so much. I, I, I hope it is. That is exactly what I'm hoping it is. Um, a, a resource for creatives and also just an inspiration to people. Um, not just not just in your work. I know what, I talk to a lot of authors, but this isn't just about being an author. This is about being a, a, a good human being. And uh, I'm hoping that that I'm hoping that the show inspires people in that direction. And whatever it is you're trying to accomplish with your your life, um, I hope that this does give you some fuel for that. So. Thank you so much for that review. And uh, I, another here from another Canadian. Uh, this is Michael Wone, who we I actually interviewed. You'll be hearing an interview with Michael soon. Uh, entertaining and informative. Great for writers, readers of any kind of writing. Depth of knowledge and production quality are fantastic. Have a listen. Thank you, Michael. I do appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the interview with Michael. Actually, uh, it's it touches on a somewhat sensitive subject. Now it's gonna be a, a few weeks in coming, so um, apologize. But here's a little preview of Michael. He's a great guy, and you're gonna love that interview. So, and we're gonna talk a little bit about his uh, his new book, uh, his novella, and uh, how it came to be. Um, so you're gonna find that fascinating. So stay tuned. All right, now <laughs> we uh, the reason you tune in. I know you love you know hearing all about my reviews and everything, but uh, the reason you tune in is for the interviews, and we've got a great one right now with Michael Anderley. I know you're going to enjoy this, and I'm impressed by what this guy does. Uh, he and I are very similar uh, in our approach to uh, to the work and to the industry, but also in the way that we want to help other authors particularly indie authors, uh, to, you know, build a career and be successful at this. So if you are an indie author, if you've been, uh, tempted into writing at all, if you're, if you're thinking about getting into, to, uh, you know, writing books for a living, you're going to enjoy this interview. So without further ado, here is the, the wonderful and interesting and very helpful Michael Andrew. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. You know, this is actually, uh, this is kind of a treat for me, because this is a guy I've encountered, uh, I first encountered you, Michael, on, uh, on online, and I think actually uh, Justin Sloan connected us originally, you know, I started kind of following what you're doing, and I, I'm digging what you're doing, you know, and I think we had you on the Creative Writing Career podcast, is that right? Uh, that is right. Although, uh, really, I met you at the Smarter Artists That's Summit. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yes. Okay. See, I'm sorry, man. Too many conferences. Too many podcasts. <laughs> so um, no, but it was the bow tie. I caught the you bow by the bow tie. I had to do the bow tie. So just so everyone's caught up with us, I'm talking to Michael Anderley. He's the author of the. Uh, I'm going to mess it up, man. He's the author of the Cartharian Gambit books. I got it. I got yes. it. <laughs> um, sorry, man. See, that's the thing about sci-fi. Is that we write stuff um, that is nearly unpronounceable in the real world, but um, wait a minute, Co like Co Co Halo, like Co Coelho. Coelho. 
Yes. You have right. no room to talk, man. I, no, no, no. I'm, swear, I'm saying I'm in the group, man. I'm in that club. I definitely uh, I, I, I push those limits. But So, uh, yes, we did. We met at Smarter Artists, which is uh, – that's coming up again. Actually, uh, uh, draft to digital we're actually going to sponsor it this year. So that would be kind of cool. Uh, now, the other thing, though, about Michael – that's that's very cool. Uh, first of all, I, I am in his twenty books to fifty k group, and it, I admit to being something of a lurker, Michael, and I'm sorry about that. But it's kind of just interesting to watch everyone talk. I'm there. If anybody wants to ever ask me anything, I'm there. You know, I'm, I'm in. Well, that's we we use you for that purpose, right? We have right. Um, others from your company, but and other. It, so whenever we have questions that are drafted digital, we just hit you up and go. Right. Why don't we just ask them directly? Right. Yeah. And I'm I'm a fan of that. And that you know, there are other people in there that are just really brilliant, knowledgeable folks. And so what you've done is collect a whole lot of a whole lot of authors who are both knowledgeable and just coming into the game and you're letting them feed each other. Is that Correct. kind of the idea? Yeah, that is the idea. At the end of the day, it was just an opportunity for those that care to uh, push their own boundaries yeah. and do it in a way that we can support each other. If you are if you intend to be a jerk about it and say derogatory <laughs> things, right. you will get kicked out. Right. And the other one was, um, well, you know, that's it, really. That's it. We accept everybody and we kick people out that are self-promoting as well. Yeah. It is a very good uh, learning environment, actually. And I know there are a ton of Facebook groups for for indie authors out there, but this is probably one of the ones I visit most. Um, what you saying, something? Because I, I'm I think I'm a member of practically every indie author group out there, and I never post in any of them. So, <laughs> if that oh. means anything, <laughs> yeah. So our one time a month, hot damn. There you, you go. There you go. See you put something on there. Woo! <laughs> we got our March post. Kevin. That's right. It's uh, fresh off the uh, fresh off the press, ready for your consumption. Uh, so yeah, but uh, what's interesting though about you? And by the way, you came up a lot. I, was, I first of all, I, and I I've been meaning to say this to you. Uh, actually, I've been waiting to say this to you on this show. Uh, so I attended, and forgive me, everybody. My voice is cracking because I've, I've got a cold. But I attended. I thought you were just emotional, man. I'm just sexy. Is really what it comes down to. <laughs> uh, I was at the San Francisco Writers Conference, and uh, you actually helped to uh, sponsor. You you contributed to uh, one of the scholarship winners going. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Right, just correct me on the details. And I know her as Missy. Her name is Michelle. And I, I'm so sorry, Michelle. I forgot her last name. What is her last name? Oh, you're going to put me on this uh, thing. I'm going to put yeah. No, we'll you get know, it. No. Okay, look. <laughs> I'm going to look this up and make it up to you, Michelle, and I'm sorry, because um, she was awesome. I got to hang out with her several times over the week, and uh, uh, she was great. But she was there uh, because you were willing to help her get there, which I think is one of the things that kind of sums you up, man. It's one of the things I, I really admire about you. So I wanted to I wanted to first thank you on her behalf, but congratulate you on being a, a fine example of a human being <laughs> i'm also besides being uh a kevin tumlinson approved fine example of a human being also the one who's going to say that her name is michelle halloway chasson that's it that's it and she is a uh, an army veteran i wanted to say halloway uh but i knew there was a there was a hyphenate there <laughs> so. well i have to give justin credit because he actually took a snapshot of the document i remembered it was in my my phone so I'm like, okay. ooh, ooh, while he's talking, I'm going <laughs> to... Okay. Yes, and she's a veteran. Uh, there were two two veterans there on scholarship. Um, 
Did you did you sponsor both or did you? Uh, I didn't know how the scholarship worked. I'll be honest. I mean, I just knew it was there. No, I um, I sponsored to allow her to get there. I want to say the other person might have been able to drive, possibly. Oh yes, he lived in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah Juan yeah. Vaca. That's him. Who was also a great guy. I I enjoyed meeting him too. But um, this was uh, impressive, you know. And uh, Missy, she actually. She stayed in a hostel, like just down the the hill from the hotel. Like I'm like, if you're gonna do it, man, you did it right. Like I think <laughs> you've got this <laughs> great experience now that you can just you know fold right into your book. So, uh, what? So why? Uh, what brought you into that? Like why? Why did you sponsor her her travel there? Well, uh, Justin reached out. Um, otherwise, okay. I wouldn't have known anything about it. But. The opportunity, I mean, I am so personally blessed, both myself and my family and everything with the yeah. books and things that are going on, that as I came up through the ranks, um, I was uh, approaching five figures in 90 days, yeah. and I had read on K-boards by this time how many people were struggling, and so I just started reaching out and grabbing people, and one of the things that I think causes uh, authors to be afraid is to say perhaps um, – uh, encourage another author and all of a sudden the readers go to the other person. Yeah. And I know ne- I've never had that problem. In fact, it's, it got to a point where readers were reading the books in 24 to 48 hours going, when's the next one? And I'm like, right. well, here, read this and this and this and this and this and this. And it never affected my sales. In fact, what I found out was a lot of readers came back and started telling me, thank you for introducing me to this author and that author and this author and so not only was i helping other indie authors by giving them a shot at at being found when i think that everybody understands that everyone wants to say writing the book is the hard part no publishing and getting noticed is the hard part the getting noticed part particularly exactly (laughs) publishing is easy (laughs) (laughs) well for the technically illiterate it's it's a bit of a no no draft to digital everyone go to draft to digital and publishing is easy Dude, right. <laughs> I, I I need to get on the marketing bandwagon on that one. Sorry, guys. No, no, it's cool. And uh, yeah, you. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Um, what I've noticed, it's you. You kind of hinted at this too, but actually, what happens for me a lot is, it, like, I'll take on um, an author and just promote them to my list. Right? <laughs> There's about twenty six thousand people on that list, so it's 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 worth people's time. And uh, I'll I'll send out that email and say this author who, by the way, has no list of his own or has a very, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't have a lot of resources of his own or her own. Uh, you know, I'll say this is a, this is a new author. They're, they're indie published. You know, I support that. Here's their book. I'd love it if you go check it out. Let them know. And uh, that not only will their sales spike, but I get a spike that day, which I think <laughs> is really interesting because I'm mm-hmm. talking to this list all the time, right? <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. But that's, that's, it- that's cool, man. You, I'm glad you're, that's one of the things I've I've noted about you is that you are uh you're very keen on helping other authors succeed. I think that's awesome. Thank you. What motivates that? Um it, part of it is personality. Yeah. I like to see other people um do well and I, I like to help. Now, tempered with that, um as we go into 2017 and 2018, yeah. uh I also am building a publishing company. Oh. And the opportunities with that is, you know, publishing 2.0 or 3.0, right? What, what's going to be that? And so I'm doing it as, <laughs> as you're quite aware, you know, Indie Outlaw. 
right. indie publishing outlaw. That's that's who I am. That's what I am, and I refuse to do things the way that other people have done it because I don't think it's right. Right. You know, the my main character Bethany Ann is very much about justice, and that is a personality quirk of mine. And so, uh, an example of this might be whenever you do collaborations, the author who is the big name is usually plastered in 50-point font, yeah. and the author who's really wrote the book and collaborated is sitting here at 18-point font underneath. Right. And I refuse to do it that way. So is it equal billing, or do you give them, like, top billing? Um, equal font size, they're yeah. on top of me. Okay. They're above me. Let's, okay. let's rephrase that a little bit. Their <laughs> name on top. is a... No, no, <laughs> no, no. It's too late. It's recorded forever. We've got it. I'm actually going to loop that. Uh, and instead of recording an intro, I'm just going to play that for like 30 minutes. You're on top. It's not going to be good with my wife. No, no. Tell you. That's cool, man. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, what, so um, now I'm going to tell you from personal experience that starting a publishing company, an imprint or otherwise, is, uh, is a lot of work <laughs> and is very difficult to pull off. So I applaud you uh, in taking that on. So you're – you've – Clearly, you are very savvy and business-minded. Like, So you have a strategy around this already, huh? The strategy is to uh, work hard, work fast, yeah. be fair. Because here's some of the things that have occurred because of this sense of justice, right? Um, everybody that we go into the books, we already understand what the money situation is, and we share the co- the value of the money 50-50. Yeah. Right. So let's we'll take Justin Sloan because he's one of your collaborators on another podcast, and yeah. I figure you know he's relatively sharing. Yeah. Um, so what will happen is we plan on a five hundred dollar cover cost, of which I I front the money to okay. all of this stuff. And um, I, let me do a quick aside. The reason I share this is because I want other successful authors to mimic this. Yeah. That is the point. I'm not doing this to hide it. I'm doing it because if I if I end up supporting, let's say over the next two years, I support 20 authors, right? And I help get them self sufficient. Then if I can get another 15 or 20 authors like myself to do it, now we've done 400 authors. Right. Right. So uh, with that, because I'm the one that is uh, has the income, I'm the one. Fronting the financial bill until the income comes in from the books that we collaborate. Right. I believe that books I collaborate on are going to make money, and I'm betting on that. Okay. <laughs> so I feel it's it's I'm my own safe bet, right? So when the money comes in from the books, we'll say that anything that we did in December is going to come in, of course, here at the end of February. Then I will take the two fifty of Justin's part, and I will give him the rest of the monies that are necessary um, that are that we agreed upon in five days from Amazon dropping into me. And I intend to do it quicker, but that at least lets me know that if I screw up, I've got a, a day or two to figure out how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it, and we go on and, and that agreement includes like if someone came knocking for a movie deal. Yeah. Sharing that, you know, that story 50, 50, I'm right. very particular about my world. Everything in the world is still mine. Right. You know, no one's allowed to go off and do something else. Cartherian. no, but I share my fans. I encourage them to use some of the same marketing techniques I use and drive them to my collaborators' personal website so they see their backlist. Okay. 
So yeah. I am constantly trying to explain to my collaborators, here's how I think we can make sure you get prime time and we grow your business. Right. That's cool, man. So is it all, all of this then? Is it, it strictly collaboration? Or are you – because you, you said, you know, a publisher. Are you only publishing collaborative work or are you uh, inviting people in to do, like, original work? In 2017, it's it's predominantly collaboration. It's okay. me getting feet wet in ways that I know uh, or feel that we're going to make money. In 2018, it's it, the plan is to go strictly more publisher. Right. Uh, I have done a publisher only deal with Martha Carr for audio. Right. Where I invested uh, to to grab the other 20 percent, and right. I paid for her finished hour. So we're we're publishing that, and that is strictly a publisher deal. Okay. okay. Now the difference in that over, say, some of our um, some other publishers, that's half the money. Right. Right. That's normally you get forty percent, and if you were to like Martha was going to um, try to go out and get somebody to do a twenty twenty split, and I said no, we've got the infrastructure here. Would you be willing to try this with me? We're already doing per finished hour with everything on Kirthier and Gambit. And we'll, we can talk about audio in a minute. And I think LMBPM Publishing, my company, is going to rock the publishing world. And I'm probably going to upset a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's at the end of the day. I believe in it enough. And what what happened was I um, I was blessed to be approached by a couple of different companies. And at the time that they approached me, I was already doing – you know, a significant amount of money a day. Let me just say that what they offered for the rights for my first three books, I made by noon. Yeah. Yeah. I so, have a similar experience. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. the percentage, they, what would happen is they would come back and say, okay, as a percentage, we're going to offer you, say, 25%, which kind of sounds cool until you go, no, that's 25% of 40. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so we're talking 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, maybe 14% if you got really good. Right. And that was it. I'm like, mm, no, it's not going to happen. So this year alone, we're going to put out 30 books probably. Yeah. Audio. I mean, we've, and we're locking down some big names to where we're going to SAG AFTRA yeah. and writing up contracts with them. Otherwise, we couldn't do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a volume. <laughs> that's quite yeah, it a is. volume. Yeah, and that's the, and it's all because of the collaborations. Yeah. Right? <laughs> God, I gotta tell you, man, I uh, I'm so behind on the audiobook side of my business <laughs> because it's such it's so frustrating to me. I can't stand uh, ACX. So uh, just going in there, it's like I I have to take a tonic, you know, uh, just just to go in. <laughs> So I admire your <laughs> your drive and the fact that you're helping other people do it. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm out. I, I will help you ebook publish all day long, but audio, man. And I, I think part of it is because I worked in the uh, – I've worked in film and television, you know, part of my career. And uh, I know what goes into this, you know. I know I know how strenuous this is for the person doing the recording. And so I feel like some of the terms are not quite fair for the – the artist <laughs> in part um, that's part of it which which the the book artist or the the, the, audio uh, the narrator the the uh, the the person narrating your book I, I, there's a lot of terms that i think are not very <laughs> favorable we'll say <laughs> well here's so. um here's how we're doing it different with lmbpm publishing yeah and i'm putting 
the competitors, if you will, on notice. We pay half up front. Okay. And we generally pay within seven days or less of them finishing the book. And here's the part of the reason. I also call and talk to every single one of them. Yeah. We, I, you know, they're in our Slack group. They are part of the discussions of what's going on at any time. Yeah. Uh, they can get can get done. I, um, here's what I explain. I'm expecting a very professional experience. Right. I'm going to treat you like a professional. If you choose not to do it, you're going to forego anywhere from 10 to 30 books over the course of the next year and a half or two. Yeah. You know, one of our, uh, one of our individuals, she's booked out well over a year. Another one is booked out a year. Um, and more if she'd allow us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Interesting. That's cool, man. Yeah, you're. Uh, it, what's what? Here's what's interesting. Uh, you said the words in 2018 earlier, meaning mm-hmm. you have more than just this year planned. That already puts you miles ahead of most people who start things like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife sat me down and she made me go into 2019 as well. Just really? Wow. Yeah. So she's pretty. She's pretty business savvy herself. Then. Yes. Yeah. That's a. That's good. <laughs> So you're uh, okay. The collaborations that you're doing. um, So they're all in your world. So that does help. uh, I would imagine Mm -hmm. Uh, just because you can control like, you know, here are uh, here's backstory. Here's characters. Here's, you know, uh, the limits here. You know, here's the magic system, if you will. Uh, I know Mm -hmm. yours are sci-fi, but uh, so you know, we're we're releasing magic in the next two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Actually, Justin and I uh, talked quite a bit about you over the week. Um, and some of the stuff that you've got coming. I hope you don't mind. Um, no, I don't mind. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, I recognize that. I won't I won't leak anything to, unless you leak it. But, um, yeah, <laughs> no, you do have ahead. some You're interesting stuff. You're welcome to say anything. No, 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 I know. Really- I heard about, like, the the, the 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 sort of post-apocalyptic and then sort of post-post-apocalyptic stuff that you got going on. Mm-hmm. you got a nice little evolving universe there. So what? why did you decide to open up your your world to uh to people rather than create something brand new that from a mark that was a business decision um my fans are all into kirthirian gambit and they love where it is and they keep asking for more and more work and i recognize a couple of things one i can't possibly write it all yeah you know my expectation is not that kirthirian gambit is going to be a 20-year star wars type experience Right. right right so um the fire is hot right now now, there are also genres I'm either not qualified to write in or like romance right. or and post-apocalyptic, mm-hmm. you know, there, mm-hmm. there are things about post-apocalyptic whenever you write them that you should know how to, let's say, skin a deer. Right. You know, that's not research I really care to do. <laughs> that's where you and I are different. well there you go right so that was you know Craig was already writing in post-apocalyptic yeah and then there are um, the fans are interested in side characters once again I wrote I don't know 11 books two novellas two short stories last year couldn't satiate the desire right so it's like all right, folks how can I set this up in such a way that we can set you know we can give the fans what they want I can help individual authors attain a level of awareness and income they could not do it before. Right. And make all of this work. And, and the, you know, what we're doing now is, is what we're accomplishing. And so, um, you know, I'm, a, a huge shout out also to Stephen Campbell, who's behind the scenes yeah. running 
the operations of what's going on. And by operations, I mean he's the one making sure that we get the just-in-time stuff out to the beta readers and then back and then into Scrivener before I publish. Yeah. And he's the one that's making sure that if we have a document that needs to go out for the the audio for, you know, Kate Rudd, that she has it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's he's the brains behind the brains. <laughs> he is helping like crazy. Yeah. Yes. And he's enjoying himself and it allows him you know, for those who don't know who we're talking about, we're speaking about the uh, podcast um, yeah. gentleman of the author biz, Stephen Campbell. And he is, I don't want to say he's in retirement because obviously he's not, but he's already uh, had his own business and done his own things. And so now he's kind of in that area where he just wants to be able to write thrillers and then have some income to compensate while he's doing this. Right. And he is a, doing an amazing job. Yeah. And he's a good guy. No, you too. can't tap. <laughs> I'm, t- yeah. I'm not talking to you particularly. I'm talking to all you thousands of people listening. Every, everybody who just took down his name. Uh, exactly. Yeah. He, like he name had is- me uh, on his podcast a few months ago, actually. Um, and so he's a real good guy. I, I enjoyed talking to him. I didn't keep up with him as much as I probably should have, and then things got kind of hectic. I think right around that time I joined Draft to Digital, and it just all kind of went sideways. So, um, but in a good way. In, in a, a good, good way, it, it, yeah. <laughs> side real, we'll say. You know, like I, I entered an alternate reality from the one I was in, uh, and everything was still iry. Um, so you're I, okay. I, I would be remiss if I did not hop back a little because I, what everyone's going to want to know is how you built this, um, you know, this momentum in the first place. Like, you know, what was that first book, and and how did you end up, uh, kind of gaining steam the way you did? Because you surely did not do this overnight. <laughs> no, it took um, about a, five months. Okay. Um, so awesome. here's what I, I just made half my audience stab themselves um, in the <laughs> eye. <laughs> you do not have Michael Landerly on because half your audience will go suicide. No, um, here's a couple of things that, you, that a few people um, will help them. I'm almost 50 when I did this. Yeah. I've got decades of reading behind me. I'm a, a whale reader. I've read thousands of books and I understand You know, my company that I had at the time that I started this was a digital sales and marketing company. I already right. knew about Facebook. I already knew about Google Ads. I already knew about some of these things. So when I made decisions, I didn't make decisions based on keyboards because I didn't even know, freaking know what keyboards was. Right. So right. keyboards is both a benefit and a curse. Um, it can be a complete time suck, you know, gloriously wonderful time suck. Yeah. But it can also perhaps take you down a path where everyone's truth isn't. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so from that indie publishing outlaw kind of concept, it's I don't necessarily believe what anyone says. Um, I was told quite a few things I ignored. Um, right. did, I have, did I suffer or stumble a little bit? You know, I was told that I should only do four books a year. When I was planning on doing about 20 and 2, <laughs> right. um, that was the whole genesis of 20 books to 50K. Right. But um, I, I chose to ignore it. And did I – I stum- stumbled with uh, for about two and a half months. Not stumbled from the point of I didn't get my book out. I stumbled from the point of like – and Marines, forgive me. But you know when you go through two and a half hellaciously hard months – Emotionally, right. physically, right. as I went through that time of 
fighting burnout. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that situation that, that I had to deal with. But velocity was a huge benefit. Now, everybody knows the velocity is, is a wonderful thing right now. When I was doing it, I think most people were just recognizing it. Or I should rather say most people were um, talking about it. I think other authors knew about it earlier, and they just weren't saying anything. Right. So I knew about it because as a whale reader, I didn't want to start a series unless it had three books. So exactly. I worked like crazy to get my first three out. So that was really kind of the impetus behind it of me being so fast was that's what I wanted as a reader. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, difficult, by the way. Like, I did not follow that rule. Um, and my growth has been so much slower than yours. But, uh, you know, there's a tendency for us to want to put that first book out as soon as it's ready. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't want to wait until we have three or four books. We want to we want to be authors now. Um, so the fact that you had the presence of mind and the willpower to do that, that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, well, I, I, not to, not to humble brag, but to totally humble, humble brag, brag, man. What you, why else would you be here? <laughs> um, I didn't wait on anything. I wrote them all straight up. So yeah. I finished the first book, dropped it 11 to the next book came out like nine days later. The next one, like 11 days later. I so NaNoWriMo, yeah. you know, um, editing had issues, covers had issues, yeah. and uh, that first month I made like, I don't know, 350 to 438, depending on if you go net or gross, and then the next month was 3,000, and then 10,000 the following month. Okay, all right. So you you went with an MVP approach, though, right? Like, you, you got it to its most viable, yes. you know, condition, uh, and, yes. and then released and saw what happened. Um, did, so did yeah. you have any fallout from that, though? The uh, the editing was a fallout, and I, yeah. I completely say that book two was that whole. The book is done. Let me just get it out. Yeah. And I don't. I still don't know whether or not I released the best quote book or just a previous version of it when I went, and it was it was really bad. But yeah. Yeah. so what happens now? The book one is probably as good or better than most trade pubs okay. from a standpoint of quality and and fixes per page. Mm -hmm. But guess what? I still get dinged on because of people reading reviews. Yeah. Yeah. They imagine stuff is wrong. Oh yeah. You see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I get that on a couple, especially in my earlier books that, that mm -hmm. suffered from that same problem, same problem. You know, I wrote this book yesterday and it's going, you know, live today. Um, but the, <laughs> but the people, but, but you know, I, I contend that indie authors, as soon as they know that you're an independently published author, I contend that we get it harder. We get scrutinized more. We get, you know, we get kind of a raw deal uh, from people digging in and reviewing and reading the books. So, If you ever get a chance, um, reach out to Kat Lind and ask her. She has the statistics on that. Yeah. And she can tell you how many times traditionally published books, how many errors per page they have. Yeah. And she can pretty much, I think, prove your assertion. Yeah, that would be interesting information to have, actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, It doesn't happen so much anymore, and I'm sure it doesn't happen as much on your new releases, does it? It does not, but you know what? Um, everybody who's going to be upset with my stuff for whatever reason, they're not in it at book 15. Right. That's true. Yeah, I think, um, actually, that's a good point, because if, if someone's reading book 15, uh, they're probably not going anywhere. 
<laughs> they're, no, they're, they they've already been in it for the long haul. Now they're in it for the end of the world or something. Um, it that part, or it's you know, and you still get people, um, the ones that just need to look in the mirror and decide to go by and give you a low star rating just because of who you are. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you gotten the lady who just pops in and says haven't read it yet and uh, leaves you a one star review? Have you gotten that lady? <laughs> I haven't seen that. Um, I might. And I've, you know, it got to a point, once I hit 50 reviews on book one, yeah. uh, I decided I wasn't taking any crap from anybody. And so if anyone was um, ugly, I would yeah. just tell them, here's the link to my book. Go give it a one-star review all you want. I don't care. Right. But right. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be beholden to you. Right. I've had some well-meaning folks who came in, um, you know, and actually said, you know, I'm not going to leave a review because I, if I did, I'd have to just trash you, you know, uh, mm -hmm. which I'm, I understand and I appreciate that, but don't feel like, you know, don't, don't hold back on my part. I mean, on my account, because I understand if you hated the book, but what you get dinged for is generally stuff that's, you know, a little on the ridiculous side, you know. Nick Thacker got a, a one-star review because his spaceship didn't have his doors on his spaceship didn't have handles. Um, you know that kind of stuff is ridiculous. <laughs> so. Yeah, especially with, um, I'm in space opera. Yeah, I'm not in high science fiction. You know, Asimov type stuff. Um, and so I just I don't really worry about it as much i've seen too much evidence to show that uh, people and books that are selling incredibly well do not have high reviews yeah yeah so right. i'm like eh. yeah 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 i mean there is something you said for that because after a time i mean it doesn't the reviews matter less and actually the more reviews you have the less it matters how high you're ranking with them because uh people kind of expect that there's going to be a wash i think yes so. Yeah, as I see my books increase in quantity of sales for book one, yeah. I see the percentage breakout slowly start to go toward the middle and the bottom. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could totally see that. So you're, um, all right, you're continuing collaborations. Are you, while you're doing these, how does your collaboration work? By the way, are you outlining and handing it over to somebody, or or what's mm -hmm. your process there? Um, part of my intent is to make sure that my collaborators are going to continue having a wonderful career after our collaboration is over. Okay. So one of the first things I'm going to do, for instance, I've got a conversation either tonight or tomorrow night with a uh, a lady, and I'm going to say, what is your goal? Yeah. What is it you want? What is your mountain is the way I like to put it? What is the, the thing you want? And let's structure a um, a collaboration in such a way that it's going to facilitate your goal. Yeah. And so when we do that, then I explain, okay, you're going to have to read a chunk of these books. Yeah. There's no Bible to give you the shortcut. And that, I think, causes quite a few authors to stop and go, mm, not that interested. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. That's okay. But anything that has value needs to take effort. Right. We need to get and you a wiki, though. You know, I started one of those a few weeks ago, and I, it's just like, holy crap, this is a lot of work. It can't come from you. It can't. It has to be. I've tried, dude, and it, and the only way it works is when my readers contribute. So yes, uh, I don't know how to do that, but I I, I, I need it for me. Like I need, <laughs> I need. You know, I'm finishing up a series right now, and I'm like, I, my God, if I had a wiki, I could look back and see. I basically have created one as a a huge note, but I need like eagle eyes who see stuff that think about stuff that differently from me 
<laughs> you know, I've got um, the way I do that is I have a just in time team and a technical yeah. team of readers who have read the series multiple times. Okay. And we pass a book out to them like 18 to 24 hours before it goes live. Right. And they review it. Excellent. Yeah. Like a street team. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, the street team, I was was under the impression was more marketing based. Yeah. I use mine mostly for editing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll ask them to go uh, review, you know, write, mm-hmm. write reviews and spread the word. Um, that's part of the rules of being on my street team. But the the uh, the biggest use for me, honestly, the biggest benefit has been the, you know, it saves me a fortune in overhead on editing. So um, I'm having I'm actually going to have them go back through my old books. <laughs> Here's all my f- books for free. You give me any edits uh, so I can kind of correct some longstanding errors. So. Yeah, that's some of the individuals and the readers. If you treat your readers like they really deserve to be treated, yeah, they will pay in spades back. Yes, they will. Yeah, I've got so many. I had, um, in fact, a reader uh, just sort of stand up for me uh, in, a, in, a, in a, on Facebook. Uh, some things started, some noise started. We'll say, mm-hmm. and she she dove in and in, in my defense, you know. And uh, I felt bad for her because she was getting attacked from all sides, but she she held out, man. And then she wrote me a nice little email to tell me, you know, you don't listen to these people. They they don't know what they're talking about. And <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, yeah. Man. I took um. So last you remember we had uh, Julie Hess right yeah. at last year's summit, and she talked about Society Six. Yeah. And so I've put some product up on Society Six, and it's not so much that. I go around and going, hey, go get my product. What I do is anytime that uh, some of the fans uh, do something amazing or just because I want to, yeah. I will snag a fan and I'll, I'll message them directly and say, hey, I'd love to send you one of these mugs or a T-shirt or something. And they're super excited and you know they use it and they'll, they'll show it. Yeah, They'll take it to work. And it's awesome marketing that you can write off. That's a very good idea, man. I forgot about that. I remember her. I remember her mentioning that. And I remember saying, "You know what? I need to do that." And then I promptly went on with my life and, and did not even look at it. Um, and that's probably what's going to happen today, too. You know, frankly, I'm going <laughs> to. It's come back up, and then you know, a year from now, someone's going to say, "Hey, you know, you ever thought about Society Six? Um, very cool. So, are well, you? Of, um, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say well, one of the things that, that's about it is when I when I did my. 2016, I had a particular monetary goal in mind, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to accomplish this without spending as much money on advertising as you hear others do it. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's one thing to make, I don't name a number, you Uh, know, what do you mean? 400. (laughs) It's it's one thing to make $300,000 in sales with $100,000 in advertising spent. Right. Right. So I just, it's like, okay, I want to be better than than what I've heard. Yeah. And so I think I spent maybe 30000 in advertising for a significantly larger income. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, just so everyone is aware, I mean, there, there's always going to be some kind of overhead when it comes to marketing your work. I mean, trust mm-hmm. me, if I could figure out a way to market for free, um, I totally would be the one to do it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, all your, it's either, there's always a cost in either money or effort and effort yes. typically takes you away from all the things that are going to make the money. So, you know, create a budget, <laughs> so, even if it's yeah, only a few hundred bucks a month. In the beginning, you can start your business on 
a lot of sweat equity, yeah. a lot of sweat equity. Yeah. The further you go into the quantity of books, especially if you have a series, yeah. you have to give something up. You're either going to have to write less because you need to go back and Amazon sends these annoying messages where readers have dinged you for that and that and this yeah. and those and there. Yeah. And you've got to go fix them. And now you've got 12 books to do that with. Yeah. Or you could pay to have somebody else do it. Right. Right. There comes a point, yeah, where it's just worth it. The, the trade-off of time isn't worth it. So Correct. make the investment. Yeah. And you have to start valuing uh, or evaluating, I guess, uh, what your time is worth and assigning a value to your hours. You know, I mean, that, that helped me a lot early on uh, because I knew if, if someone was going to ask me to do anything, man, mow my yard, you know, okay, well, I know that's a few hundred bucks that, that I could have made, you know, I mean, that's, that's how I, it eventually became that. Um, mm-hmm. Once you know the value of your hour, you you find it much easier to outsource. <laughs> Hiring a guy to do your yard for you uh, is, is a uh, money saver as much as a time saver. So, yeah, for me it was always a pleasure. Right? Yeah. yeah. It was the one thing that I gave myself. Uh, in, in mowing yards, I hate it. Specifically, we're talking about that right. one. I hate it. Even when, you know, it, it, I could have used that money. Yeah. Not having to do it was worth it to me. <laughs> right. Same here, man. When I was almost flat broke, I was still try, you know, often paying somebody to, to do things like that, yard work or washing your car or whatever. And things that, that are just time sucks and, and tedious and I can be working on something else. I considered it an investment in my future, uh, which did mm-hmm. pay off, you know, it pays off. So, okay. Um, I mean, we're at, we're, we're beyond time and I, I, I feel like you and I could probably keep going for like another hour or so. Um, but I respect your time too much for that. Well, let's outsource <laughs> that. We'll have, uh, we'll have Justin and some other schmo, um, uh, take up this interview and just pretend to be us. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't that be great if we could like tag them right now? And we should do jump- that. <laughs> I'll just hit the bell, ding, and then uh, <laughs> suddenly I sound an awful lot like Justin. Um, so we uh, just just so everyone knows, I'll, every, everything we've talked about, I'm going to pop into the show notes. But where can people find you um, online? That's all, the standard question. But where's the best place for people to find you? Um, typically, if you're going to find me roaming around, it's either going to be on the Cartherian Books Facebook page or okay. 20 Books to 50K. Okay. As the as my 2017 goes into full bore, I'm not on the 20 Books to 50K nearly as often. Yeah. And it's not because I'm I'm like not wanting to be there. It's more like I'm in a group now of 40 to 50 people running this collaboration enterprise. Uh, you know, when a new collaborator comes in. We set up multiple channels. We have a channel for the audio. We have a channel for the book cover. We have a channel for the edits. We have a channel for just discussions. And then, you know, as we're going through it, you asked before, what's the process, right? So we're talking everything out, and then we agree to the beats. They'll write the first 3,000 words. I'll edit them as I would and give it back, and we go back and forth on that. We're not trying to create little mics. We're trying to create an understanding of what is the emotional impact of my writing, why right. do I write the way that, that I do that causes my fans to enjoy it so much? Right. Those are very relevant discussions. And so we have those discussions and then when it when when we're finished, they're finished, I always get it. I always do a complete edit. I will go change things that are in it and then we have, you know, a final just in time and it goes out. Yeah. Then immediately upon it going out, Steven is working on the uh the paperback cover. Mm-hmm. We are 
um, looking to find who is going to be our audio. Okay. And we're nailing in, like right now, we're having to go out and find more audio because we've overwhelmed our existing actors and actresses. Yeah. Yeah. So we're having to do that. And so, you know, audiobooks, even when you, once you have them, uh, covers, we're doing a ton of model shoots. Yeah. You know, we have a new cover artist that we're working on with uh, CM Raymond and Ellie Bourbon. And she actually sewed the blouse and the top that our model is using. Wow. It's just some really cool stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And uh, I make available to any of the collaborators access to the artists that I use. Yeah. Wow. For their own work so that there's a relationship there. And this is what I'm saying about, you know, this is a completely new paradigm of publishing. Yeah. I'm yeah. not trying to hold it all to my best. It is is very, uh, very much the, and I talk, I've been talking about this for the past two weeks, so forgive me. But, I mean, it's very much in, to, part of that evolution toward a uh, hybrid model. Mm-hmm. I think that you're you're right on the cusp of it. Right, exactly. I are do you, not feel uh, like there yet. Are you, uh, are you exclusive are you on uh, amazon kdp i am amazon exclusive and okay. it was a business decision yeah so uh yeah we'll talk about that <laughs> you and i can talk about that no actually i do ha- I, I have something i'm going to chunk your way that i th- that may okay. be appealing to you so uh we'll talk off air um <laughs> actually I, I should just share it on air but because it's no yeah, secret it. but it, it um, always annoys me you do that we'll talk off air i'm sitting you know and forgive me but i'll often be listening to my podcast in the shower i'm like kevin you bastard yeah you know? i know i'd probably do that too often that's because you, you know there comes a point where I, I had no intention to bring something up so i i don't know if it's safe you know so mm-hmm. i'll i'll take it off air but no okay I, no i'll throw it at you man you ready i'll throw it at you sure. i have a theory i have a uh, strategy i've been pushing with folks and i think it might work for you too because i know you have a since you have a large back catalog, mm-hmm. uh, I've been pushing my what I'm calling now my eighty twenty theory, uh, my eighty twenty strategy. Um, you know, because that that twenty percent of books that you have that are your big breadwinners, uh, keep those exclusive. Uh, but as you as you start to see the freshness wear off on some of your older titles, those are good titles to start experimenting and moving out into a wider space. And uh, I think I, you know, I I've been pitching this idea to people that you know go go exclusive, but always market wide. You know, use tools mm-hmm. like our our universal book links at Draft Digital, right? Use tools like that to to keep your awareness out there, because you know those those the number of touches that you have to have now it keeps increasing all the time. I think it's like four thousand now or something, uh, or maybe it's like twenty. Uh, but the number of times someone has to see your product or your brand to start connecting with it, right? Mm-hmm. Do that groundwork now. Even if you are exclusive, use something like our UBLs, and then they can go straight to Amazon. And if they don't shop Amazon, there may be some disappointment there, but you can always segment lists and and, and talk to those folks and say, coming up soon, there's going to be a release. We're gonna re- we're finally going to release this to Kobo and to you know uh, Barnes & Noble and elsewhere. And I think you, you get to rebirth that work and you get to freshen it up so that's all off the cuff there's there's holes in that theory of course uh but something no, i think that because yeah, i asked dan myself back last year he, yeah. when he was there um got to meet him and and it's like you know i i just wanted to find the right strategy yeah. now for me particularly 
I happen to be a very um, sing- it's like what books they're all Cartherian Gambit yeah yeah <laughs> it's that- all coming into one you know I broke so many damn rules that everybody knows is sacrosanct yeah. you should not have more but they're not than- dependent right you're not oh, de- yeah, they are even even the stuff you're you're collaborating with uh, in a way yeah they're all okay. it's like breaking apart Star Wars dude even better though even better <laughs> even better so take you take you take a book and uh, you you kind of seed it out there, and then now you're starting to get demand, right? So you got to start at the beginning, honestly. You know, so, if that so book, let's challenge that. All right, and let's it's do it. only like I said, this is off the cuff. Okay, yeah, no, I don't absolutely. have a plan for you. I'm just saying this this is no. an idea. If we could figure, I would be one of the happiest people in the world if we could figure out an effective way for me to do this. But here's part of the challenge. I will have, in two days from now, yeah. uh, according to what's going on, I will have a hundred million pages read yeah. in AU. Yeah. Yeah. And book number one that starts everything is, at the moment, a top 1,000 book. Okay. All right. So then that's it, the challenge for I, me personally. I, I understand that. Yeah. That's the, see, this is why I want to talk to you guys like you, because this is where um, I have to figure out how do I match that? in some capacity like what what's the benefit because you know the thing about exclusivity to amazon is that I, it rankles me it should rankle you too because you're this out you're the indie publishing outlaw right the mm-hmm. it rankles me because it's like i don't want to be in the thrall of the giant i want i want the freedom to say you know i'm going to reach this emerging market that's only available to tolino i want to get my books out into uh, you know the whole of Europe instead of just these four countries or something you know I think for me personally um, my challenge is to do it as a personal book yeah. with a new series that isn't beholden to Carthagian Gambit because that's where my bread and butter is right from a business standpoint yeah but you want to so leverage I, that right well that's where I, that's why I'm staying in it night right now I, I, mean, I have we, an idea we, yeah, <laughs> and it starts right. with Quelo. <laughs> no, no, look, look, you're doing these collaborative works anyway, right? Mm-hmm. These the collaborative authors that you've had success with, that you you've you've done some books with, and they're 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 able to uh, get some momentum because of Ku. Um, they have their own audiences now. Um, start doing some stand not not necessarily completely standalone but some connected books some side stories from that same universe do them as collaborations okay so you can reference obliquely every, everything is happening but these are these books would be aimed at the um, broad market the wide market mm-hmm. um, th- then you you're still you've got your audience you're still you're still building on that same momentum you can try that with a few of your heavy hitters who may also be wide, you know, who aren't just exclusive, and see if you can start leveraging that. I'm not saying you're going to replicate your dollars right away, but uh, I think it we I think it would be a risk worth taking to get you wide. That's 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 not just me pitching for draft to digital. By the way, I'm I'm saying. Well, this isn't a draft to digital discussion. It's no, a no, it's no. a business discussion. Yeah, discussion. Yeah. Which you, there are plenty of counters to this, and there's going to be plenty of of hurdles to overcome. <laughs> yeah, so. I think you know, like, um, why is? In a, I can see his face. Um, Kobo's contact, Mark Lafayette. Yeah, Mark Lafayette. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know, I, I if if Mark, if you're listening, 
uh, and if you're going to be there, and uh, you guys, why can't we have a little symposium on, you know, if we can go to the freaking moon, why can't we figure this out? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if you've heard this yet, but they're, uh, if you're in Kobo Plus, they're, they've got a fund now, and you don't have to be exclusive to be a part of it. This is brand new. A fund new. of what? Uh, a competing <laughs> fund, like the global fund for KDP. They've got a fund. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works yet. I don't know how it works yet. I do know that Draft Digital, uh, we are able to put people in this, and I don't have any details yet, uh, but it's because it's all brand new. But it, no, yeah. I hadn't heard that. So that that you know, could be a way in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think that it's. I think there are enough smart people. Yeah, no, that you're right. From a business standpoint, it makes really good sense. We know this. Yeah, Amazon yeah. is a hell of a competitor. Right. And they're doing great things. And, and the common concerns or the common arguments you hear about this is, where the hell is Apple? Yeah, Since I, I don't know. have any connections to Apple, I can't possibly offend anybody. Right. Um, so I can say it. Where the hell are you, Apple? Yeah. Come on, dude. What, I, is honestly, there though, I'm going to tell you, I, my <laughs> firm belief, and I'm not just kissing up to my friend Mark, but I'm, I'm, my firm belief is that Kobo is in the best position to rival Amazon in this market. And, yes, and possibly I, overtake them. Um, they, you know, yes, they have challenges of their own. Yeah, um, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, believe they're, me. They're Canadian, right? <laughs> so they're True. strong there. Yeah. Um, but they, every time that I read something press release related to Kobo, I'm thinking, way to go, Mark and, yeah. and others. Yeah. You know, I'm Those excited are, to see what they're doing. Yeah, they're doing they're doing amazing things like I, we're you know we're watching them closely of course because they're partners of ours uh you know uh vendors of ours and uh we've always had a very good relationship with them and uh just there's a lot of love going between the companies but the, just watching what they're doing i'm like they're 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 getting in position like they're going to be the world player they really are already are if you if you start looking at them from a world stage instead of just a U.S. stage. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they're they they're pretty strong. So it'd be interesting well, to see what happens. So here's – we shared over on 20 Books. We shared because of the new uh, book report. Yeah. They'll now tell you earnings by store, right? Right. And, and by the way, I'm not negative Amazon. Amazon has treated me incredibly well. Yeah, I should make it clear this- that I actually like Amazon quite a bit. <laughs> I, <laughs> I come across as negative, but I, I do like them quite a bit. Yeah, and they have um, – you know the the methodology sometimes is a little kooky for yeah. trying to get a hold of them to fix a few things, but when we when we take into it, it's like and you'll hear some horrible situations happening and everyone's like that's why you're wide, and then right. but did anyone mention it got fixed in 48 hours? Where's that part of the story? So you know I had my own bad experience with Amazon and it got fixed before it went out. Yeah, and they didn't know me from Adam, um, but by God, whenever I was uh, crying. You know, typing that email, please, oh God, help me. Yeah. By the way, I'm also a top 100 author. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so here, earnings by store for for all of my income, 83. Well, you know what? Let me grab all of it because that's just just <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so all of it, um, earnings by store, 83.7 percent is U.S. Yeah. 9.3 is U.K. 3.5 is Germany. 2.2 Australia. 0.9 Canada. Point for the rest of the world. Now, this is on a significant amount of books sold. So, just the books alone, hundred eighty thousand right. books sold. If you include the actual, you know, it's probably another three hundred thousand 
if you include the KU part of it. So we, we have this kind of income. What we found out is British English books, their UK store might be three times mine. Right. So Kobo is one of the ones that actually gives you some of this information. Amazon, not so much. Right, <laughs> right. Of course, Draft to Digital gives you all this information. I'm just saying. Oh, see, uh, well, <laughs> he worked one it. more in, folks. He worked one more <laughs> reference in. Today, uh, it's not about what everyone can make the decision. Draft to yeah, Digital is yeah. a great opportunity for very specific reasons, and you should do it for your business. Right. And it's all of it's it's at the end of the day, it's about time. Yeah. I had the same conversation a year ago with Dan. I said, Dan, why is it worth twenty percent? Yeah. <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, that's what he has to answer to. That's a, it's like it's a convenience I, fee, man. We save you time. It's not a figures convenience fee. <laughs> we save you, <laughs> you know, time. We yeah, put you the do. yeah. No, yeah, no. I I know these are all very valid. I mean, I, I uh, this isn't. I didn't. I don't want to debate. <laughs> but uh, no, no, <laughs> the thing is, and, and 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 people are surprised because I often recommend, especially if you only have a few books, if you only have like one or two books, uh, I always recommend people go KDP Select because it's a good way to build momentum and and actually make real dollars for your work, you know, sooner rather than later. And I I will freely admit that Draft Digital and everything we do that's a long tail strategy, you know. And it does. Oh, I would definitely use. I mean, my wide strategy. Let's pretend that I decided tomorrow I'm going wide. Yeah, yeah. Drafted digital would be a component of it, and I know exactly why too, because you yeah. guys are going to promote me into stores that there's no effing way. Right. You know, and right. It would be like it is a no-brainer for certain for certain reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. All right. See, I don't even have to do my ad read for Drafted Digital in this episode because the whole. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get back to what's more important because uh, for those listening, I actually said like 20 minutes ago we were going to wrap up. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. But the if you are uh, looking for some in- something interesting to read, of course, you want to pick up any of Michael's books, uh, which you can find on Amazon exclusively on Amazon for now. I'm working on him. Uh, <laughs> if you are an author, uh, definitely hook up with this guy because he's got your best interest in heart. He really does. So, uh, and you, it's very rare to meet people who are successful in this business who also have a heart and and want to see other people succeed. Uh, as as Michael himself put it. Now, this is an old aphorism, but uh, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. So that's the way he feels about it. That's the way you ex- explained it to me off air weeks ago. Anyway, Michael. So, <laughs> hopefully, you still feel that way. <laughs> Did I lose you? Okay. Sounds like I lost him. So, everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll, we'll hang around, of course, after the break. We'll, uh, we'll do a quick wrap-up. All right. So, we had a little technical trouble there at the end. But uh, I did talk to Michael after that. We, we reconnected. He didn't hang up because his opinion had changed. So, <laughs> just, to, just so you're aware. Um so that's a great interview. Um, so much. Michael does so much for that community. If you're not a member, if you're an author and you're not a member already of the 20 books to 50 K, uh, Facebook group, it is the one I participate in most, um, on Facebook. I, um, like most authors, I end up joining a ton of them. Um, and I'm kind of a lurker. I admit I don't, I don't participate as much as I probably should. Um, but Hey man, I'm busy. <laughs> 
That's no excuse. That's no excuse. All right. Uh, but definitely get in on that group and uh, pick up. You know, there's there are so many books in, in Michael's library now. You've got plenty to read. You ought to try out some of his stuff. Uh, it, it ranges uh, quite broadly. So check that out. Um, and you can find links to his website and everything else about him on the uh, show notes of this episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Now, if you, uh, now we, I read, uh, some reviews and I read some, uh, I, I thanked a couple of patrons earlier and I just wanted to give you an opportunity. If you would like to support the show, a great way to do that. If you want to support me financially, here's how you do it. You go to wordslingerpodcast.com. You click on the, um, Patreon logo and you can commit, you know, a dollar or $2 or or whatever you feel like, uh, whatever uh, your generous heart feels like you should contribute. Um, Here's what happens with that money. The money goes to uh, anything that's related to the show, anything that has uh, anything to do with the production of the show. Um, And, you know, that that might, there's not a ton of money coming from it, so I don't do all that much yet. Um, But it does help pay for hosting fees and uh, you know, the little ins and outs. Uh, I, this show is done, you know, on, by me on no budget. I mean, I, I, uh, I do it for the love of it. Um, I, I know I have sponsors <laughs> now, uh, but the, uh, sponsorships are kind of a, um, I work with draft to digital. So therefore I will sponsor my own show kind of thing that that's there. Uh, you should definitely try out draft to digital. If you are an author or interested in in this at all, if you have a book, uh, that is the best way to uh, convert your book for free, get it into ebook format, distribute it uh, far and wide, um, and you know it's it's all about convenience for you. So great tool, and I, I loved it well before I I started uh, doing work for these guys. Um, you know, before I kind of came on board as the face of the group, I, I was pushing them far and wide. Uh, so that's my, one of my sponsors. Uh, no f- money comes in from that. I didn't budget for it, for it, so I don't pay myself anything. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep the company at top of mind. Um, and another uh, fantastic sponsor, of course, is uh, KDP Rocket. Uh, this, uh, this show is brought to you in part by KDP Rocket. And the, if you're an author, you can use this to fine-tune your keywords on Amazon and uh, and elsewhere, really. I mean, this is a great tool for finding out uh, who's searching what on, on Amazon, on Google. Um, and that will allow you to fine-tune your book descriptions, fine-tune advertising, uh, fine-tune the keywords, get yourself in the right categories. <clears throat> it's a great tool for propelling yourself as an author and getting your book out there. You can listen to my interview with uh, Dave Chess on um, episode 109, actually. If you listen to that interview, you'll actually hear how he has had numerous bestsellers uh, with brand new author names. He, he starts with nothing but the book, and he propels them into bestseller status, and he makes very good money from each of them without leveraging mailing lists or any other resources, so... Be sure to uh, check that out. Episode 109, and I'll put that in the show notes so you can check it out further. Um, But getting back to Patreon, all donations are welcome. They are much appreciated, and they do go to the production of the show, promotion of the show, and that helps us uh, get out there and get a further reach. But here's one way you can help that costs you absolutely nothing, and I appreciate it just as much. Um, 
If you will go on to iTunes and find the show, search for Wordslinger Podcast, find the show, and go rate and rank the show, I would greatly appreciate that. And what this does is help uh, other people discover the show. And uh, you tell people what you like about it. Tell people, you know, if you like the author aspect of the show, uh, which is pretty heavy these days, but I mean, if you if you like that aspect, that it's a, a support for indie authors, um, mention that. If you like, you know, uh, and there's the uh, background noise again for you. Uh, if you uh, if you like the fact that it's very story centric, that I'm trying to talk to the people uh, who come on and uh, get their background, get their backstory, then mention that. I whatever it is you're loving about the show, it would help me a great deal if you go and talk about that on the uh, iTunes review. And you can also review on Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you find the show. So I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you have questions, here's what you do. You can pick up your telephone device and call me at 281-809-WORD. That's 281-809-9673. You can also reach out to me um, and send me a voicemail from the Wordslinger Podcast website, wordslingerpodcast.com. There's a uh, there's a little tab that floats on the right-hand side there that says send voicemail. You can use your computer, your smartphone, your tablet, whatever you like, and uh, send me a voicemail. And you can email me. Hit the contact button on that same page. Send me an email, uh, and I'm happy to. I, I respond. Um, sometimes it takes me a bit. Uh, it's taken me a bit because of this move lately, but I respond to everybody. So uh, be sure to uh, to do that. I love getting email from people, especially if they like the show. I, I occasionally get emails from people that don't like my work. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it happens, and I love them too. <laughs> so, uh, but thank you so much for being a part of this show being a part of my life. I, I, uh, I can't tell you how just ridiculously grateful I am, uh, that you're here. Uh, cause otherwise it's just me talking to this, you know, computer <laughs> and what that doesn't get me anywhere. <laughs> so, uh, thanks so much. And, uh, be sure to check out the show notes and check out everything Michael Underly is doing. I will let you get back to your regularly scheduled life. God bless each and every one of you, and I will see you all next time.